All right, friends and loyal listeners, I cannot even tell you how amazed and super excited I am about this month and our giveaways leading up to our 200th episodes. You guys have been absolutely amazing and I want you to keep it up. So here's the deal. I just want to give you a recap of what's been going on. So first week we had a gift coupon that went out from One Less Car Shop. So they gave out a free gift coupon to go shopping in her store and she's in a UK based. Now week two we gave away an amazing cycling cap from No Gods No Masters to a lucky individual woman who put in a review for the podcast and that's how you guys can win. All you have to do is these three things. Follow the Instagram page for the podcast, share the Instagram page for the podcast, and go to Apple Podcasts and write a review. I will be picking the winners from the reviews. So please put your Instagram handle so I can go back and check that you followed and shared the podcast. So, and this week... Barry Roubaix, Matt Acker has been so generous in giving a free registration to a lucky female. Why females? Well, it's to draw more women into cycling events like this. What do you think? Anyways, I'm super jazzed about this because I think I'm actually going to make the event and cross over the border. I'm crossing my fingers that's going to be able possible and go experience this epic event that is one of the largest gravel events in the world they say so let's recap how do you get um how do you get to win you have to follow the podcast on instagram so secrets from the saddle podcast you have to share the podcast and you go to apple listen to the episodes and write a review i mean you don't have to listen but it's always beneficial we have so many amazing titles and guests in there plus my own coaching segments um and you know what's even more cool about this is that I've been engaging in some of the guests who have shops or actual physical products or like events, uh, race registrations to give out as gifts for the giveaway. And so that's what's super cool. It's just the collaboration that's been happening. And also I want to um, remind you that you can still win. If you write a review now and you don't win this week, you can win next week, the following week or the following week. And plus our grand prize is, um, I have two grand prizes. One goes out to all the winners. There's a, somebody gets picked there. And then the second one goes out to one lucky individual who put out a review. So you could still win in the grand prize. And so I'm looking for more and more reviews to get out on our podcast because you know what that does? It helps drive our podcast to the top. And, you know, I just want the pot, I want the, the cycling podcast to get out to more people. It's just, um, a really good way and, um, to share all things cycling, right? So that's what I wanted to share with you. Um, we're doing this all the way up to our hundredth episode on March 11th. And that's when the grand prize draws our gift giveaways is going to happen. Please remember, follow, share, and review, and have yourself an amazing day because you are an amazing individual and enjoy this episode. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Dao, your host, fellow cyclist, 
Bike Club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sylvie Dau, and we have this amazing woman, Leah Smith, who's coming to us from Vancouver, BC. Now, Leah, I've met like a lot of other or some of my other um, interview guests from a mastermind uh, group that I joined or we joined last year. It's funny to say last year, then when it's like been a year. Oh my gosh. And um, I've had the pleasure of meeting some really amazing people and bringing some really amazing people who have a cycling background, if not a cycling background, but something relating to fitness onto the podcast. So with regards to Leah, she has a company called Beyond Measure Nutrition, and she's going to be talking about nutrition. So, hey, it's kind of the beginning of the year and we should never just wait to the beginning of the year to get started with our nutrition, but it's always good to revisit. So Leah is the founder of Beyond Measure Nutrition and a registered operating room nurse living in Vancouver, BC. Throughout her early childhood teens and twenties, she flipped back and forth between being overweight and obese. Now, from the age of eight, she tried many diets and was at war with her body. So, you know, maybe a lot of us can relate with that. Um, in 2019, she set out to further explore hormone balance. And now this is a lot of things of what we're going to be talking about by focusing on what she believes as a fundamental, absolute fundamentals, yet rarely practiced routines. And I attest to that. She has been able to significantly up her food and carbohydrate intake, put on muscle, boost her metabolism and lose an additional 25 pounds of body fat. And she's also a mountain biker. And she just told me she's doing this epic trip this summer in BC, which we'll touch on later. Welcome Leah to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. All right. So now we know you're a mountain biker. Hey, how about a little story on how you got into mountain biking before we uh, get into all the nutrition stuff? Yeah, it was. So I love being outdoors. I'm always up for an adventure. And we had a friend that was staying for us and he is a competitive mountain biker. My husband ended up getting on his bike and then came home one day and said, let's go buy mountain bikes. And it's like, outdoors, activity, time with you. Absolutely. I am all in. So that's how it started. <laughs> so have you been in BC the whole, like your whole life? Yeah. Born and raised. Okay. So you're used to the mountains, the hiking, the camping, I'm assuming some paddling, yeah. all of the above. All of the above. Uh, yeah. Just missing the mountain biking. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> wow. All right. So let's just dive into your business and telling us more about what you're doing with clients and how you're helping them. And also like everybody, we're all athletes are very are active individuals. I always say anybody's an athlete who's not sitting on the couch and this can benefit anyone, everyone. Yeah. I love that. It is true, right? We should all move our bodies out of love and respect. And that is definitely not always the perspective that mm. I had, but when that shifted for me and when I realized how treating my body with love and respect, with great nutrition, great movement, all of that sort mm. of stuff, I recognized that it changed all areas of my life. It changed relationship, it changed career goals, and I have always really enjoyed empowering women. So before nursing, I was a makeup artist. And oh. yeah, so what I loved about makeup artistry was not necessarily the beauty industry, but it was when I got to connect with women that normally I probably wouldn't come across. And they spent an hour in my chair and then got to feel amazing. Mm. And I thought, oh, I want to help women feel this way for longer than a moment when they're looking in mm. the mirror. And when I started to feel really great in my own skin, then I recognized that that is what I wanted to do. That is how I wanted to help women. So that's when I started Beyond Measure. So you, okay. So how did you go from <laughs> a makeup artist to a nurse? Or did you just right. realize that, that maybe there's a better calling for you and, and helping? Is that how you kind of? No, not, so not at all. <laughs> not, okay. they, they are connected, but um, so back in my father's first motorcycle accident, when I was, I think around six, I used to run around with a stethoscope and a little like nurse oh. kind of kit. And yeah, yeah. You know, I am a caring person. I love people and always was interested in the science of things as well. So I think nursing itself and helping people was my calling, but mm -hmm. throughout high school, throughout that war with my body that you mentioned, mm -hmm. low self-esteem, I absolutely did not think that I could do it academically. So mm -hmm. I chose makeup artistry because it was a way to express myself and a way to again, help women feel great. And mm. I loved it and it served its purpose. It was in my life for 15 years and it wasn't oh God, until wow. I started Beyond Measure that I actually closed my makeup business. So I did them side by side, nursing and makeup artistry for quite a while. It okay. helped put me through nursing school. Ah, uh, well, see, yeah. there you go. The job yeah. aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then, so when I changed my health, and was kind of really growing confidence wise that also coinciding, I think with the recession and wanting like a good stable job, you know, that sort of thing. That was when I recognized I wanted more. I wanted to break down those barriers and those self-limiting beliefs and decided to go back to school. Ah, that's great. So that led you into starting your own business and how, when how long ago was that was that that was not 2019 so that's fairly 
recent. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd done nursing for a while. Um, and then I really wanted to level up my health and mm-hmm. I had been kind of a part of like fitness, healthy lifestyle, that sort of thing since about 2012, 2011, 2012. And then when I really leveled that up and again, started to break down some more, you know, beliefs, all of that sort of stuff, right. That new, new level, new devil type of thing. Then Uh, that is when I opened up my own business. And so I still practice as an operating room nurse. And then I started beyond measure in 2019. So is this all virtual or you do, do you do more do you have like a location or is it more? It's, it's all virtual. So I've, I've clients from all over, which is really <gasps> Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I love being able to, and like, I, I love working with women as well. Mm-hmm. I don't go so much into the nutrition unless they really ask it, but I'm more on the cycling side and it, and they all do kind of, you know, start meshing together because you want to, you know, have more energy, you know, be able to ride, you know, the nutrition part comes in hand. And I do absolutely love helping women um, excel on their bikes because just like you, you know, a lot of them are always following very, follow, <laughs> very strong partners. And uh, yeah. like, they just want to be able to, you know, um, ride on their own and ride confidently. And, uh, so tell us more about your business. Yeah. So, um, as I mentioned, I started it in 2019 and it really was out of what I saw as need and, um, and then creating impact. So Mm -hmm. with nursing, I've, I love that I can, you know, see and touch my patients. Of course I work in the operating room. So there is like a very defined beginning, middle and end, um, but also I'm very limited in the amount of impact that I can have. It mm. is those people that I can see and touch. So I knew that I wanted something virtual. I knew that I wanted it to be based around science. I knew that I wanted to help repair people's relationship with food and with their bodies, but in a way that was really about creating sustainable habits, right? Mm. As, as you mentioned before, I had that, you know, I started dieting from the age of eight. And when I went to level up my health, a lot of what I had to do was unlearn, you know, things Uh, from before, right? Looking at food as good and bad versus, you know, mm -hmm. nutrient dense or simply less nutrient dense, Mm -hmm. recognizing things like moderation, focusing on how I wanted to feel. And I knew that that mindset was going to make a huge difference for my clients as well. Being able to have balance coming from a place of love and respect. So I work with clients one-on-one and we cover things like sleep and stress management Mm -hmm. and the importance of moving your body often and intensely and yet also resting and recovering. And then we talk about, you know, nutrition and everything from, you know, portions and not only what you eat, but how you eat as well, right? Is it mindfully? 
Are you sitting down yeah. or are you grabbing things on the <laughs> are go? Are you sitting down? Yes. Stand and eat a lot. Yeah. Are you plating your food? All of these things actually have a difference, not only in things like blood sugar, but how your brain recognizes, you know, when you're eating and if you're actually feeling satisfied or if you're hungry. Right. So. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's let's dive into that stuff, like into a couple of like, so when you get a client what is one of the first things that you do with them? Do you put them through a questionnaire to get kind of a background? Uh, Okay. What kind of questions do you, is it extensive or is it it kind of basic? Um, I would say it it is, I always tell people the more that I know, the more I can help. Right. Mm -hmm. So it talks about, you know, dieting history and asking questions about, you know, views on food and, Um, some people have, many people have tried many different things before, you know, whether it be a certain type of diet or again, trying to remove whole food groups or things like that. So when I know all of that, then Mm -hmm. we can, you know, I can not only provide some science and some information, some gentle or (laughs) bossy encouragement, (laughs) how these things are important. Um, But just again, then trying to break it down and meet them where they're at, right? I Mm -hmm. always say that our goals should be a little uncomfortable, they should stretch us, Mm -hmm. but they should also feel attainable and sustainable. So it's finding that balance and then working with them where where they're at, right? And that's where everybody is different and why I love one on one coaching. So do you find that there's a trend in a, do you, so you predominantly work with women, I'm assuming. I work specifically with women. Yes. Yeah. So do you find that there's a trend with a lot of women when they come to you? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of trends. Yes. Yeah. So talk about some of those. Cause I work with a couple, I work with women as well with a nutritional system. I give them options, but I'd love to hear, um, you know, where you find that most of the women nowadays are coming from? Mm -hmm. So my clients, I would say kind of average in like mid thirties to mid fifties. And with that, there is, there are a lot of different trends that I notice. A lot of active women are still under eating protein when they think that they are eating enough which, you know, to me, I recognize it's rare. I am that person that has to watch that I don't over consume protein because I've focused on, you know, that being a priority for so long. Yeah. That is one of the most common things is getting enough protein in. Yeah. And then aside from that, it's just eating enough in general. Mm. People tend to go from these wild swings of over consuming less nutrient dense foods, you know, the quote unquote wrong foods for what their goals are, which often mm. include things like changing body composition, which include things like recovering from workouts, which include things like better energy, better sex drive, better hormonal balance, you know, all of these things and yet they're not giving their body the nutrients that yeah. it needs. And then wondering why 
maybe they're having episodes of binging or craving, you know, sugars and salts and all of these things. So when we focus on what you can add versus what you feel you need to take away. So adding mm-hmm. things like fiber, vegetables, protein, <laughs> you know, those, those things. Yeah. It, it is not only amazing for mindset thinking abundantly versus restricting, but mm-hmm. it is amazing what happens to your relationship with food as well. Yeah. You know what? I just had a conversation with a friend yesterday and she was saying, and you know, it was just a conversation. So she wasn't asking me advice or anything. So I was kind of like treading a little lightly, but I'm like, Hmm. And she was under the assumption that she was a serious addict to chocolate. And I can, I can get it. Like, but I also asked her if she thought that it was because her body wasn't getting the nutrients that it needed that Mm -hmm. it was always constantly craving and she's like no no (laughs) no I'm like and and she continued to say that she was going to try this new you know low carb high fat diet I'm like oh my god okay (laughs) I think I should just stop here now before I get too deep into this conversation I was just like I'm like, well, you know, if you ever need any, just, or, you know, some suggestions later on, <laughs> let me know. And I would love to help you. But yes. So I was just, I was like, oh my God, no. Yeah. Cravings. Um, I mean, we need to pay attention to those, right? Mm-hmm. So when I hear chocolate um, and my clients and friends know, I love chocolate. Oh, I love it. Who doesn't like, seriously? Yeah. But do you like chocolate or are you craving sugar? Right? So Mm -hmm. if you're like, I eat 80 to 90% organic dark chocolate, I'm like, awesome. That's great. The best time for that is between one and 3 PM when serotonin levels naturally dip. And that is going to help boost those and also give you some great magnesium. That's awesome. Have it then. Did you hear that everybody between one and three in the afternoon? Yes. Chocolate time. Have your chocolate. (laughs) But if you're wanting like milk chocolate or like a you know a chocolate bar, that is not craving chocolate. That is craving sugar. Yeah. Right. So if you're craving truly chocolate, awesome. Have that. And also you might need to be supplementing with magnesium. Right. So again, paying attention to these things is important. And Mm you know, taking away that like good or bad. When I tell my clients, like, absolutely. Yeah. Have chocolate and have it at this point in, in your day. It's so freeing for them. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. And I, I'm like, I hate telling people to, to, I hate saying that you have to be restrictive of anything, Mm -hmm. but what I started doing with some of them is just a couple of days of tracking their own food. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, you love your own food, but let's just learn about that food you're eating. Absolutely. And then maybe you might make some changes. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because, because tracking doesn't lie. People have this, I always find this assumption, you know, like, oh yeah, I'm really healthy and I'm super healthy. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm." I can't even progress, you know, say that I'm super healthy hundred percent of the time, you know, and I'm like, how healthy do you think you are? 
-hmm. And let's find out by tracking because tracking will never lie. And, you know, and then it also tells a lot of things. Otherwise, you know, are you eating a protein, sugar, you know, like what's your sugar, your fiber, everything else, carbs. Absolutely. So I actually yeah. have all of my clients track in some capacity, whether right. that be using, you know, an app, like say my fitness pal, mm -hmm. whether that be food journaling, like actually right. physically writing that down. And that is because as you say, we are not great judges of, <laughs> you know, we can often think, oh yeah, no, I'm doing well, or I'm eating enough. Yeah. But then what happens, especially with women, is they think that they are doing everything right. And then they're feeling frustrated and not trusting their body when it's mm -hmm. not making changes. So when you have that evidence, like you said, <laughs> yeah, lie, look at the evidence and it, you know, and it might be, oh, you know what, you've actually really been under consuming food. Mm -hmm. And so therefore your body is super stressed. And then you talk about, you know, cycling on top of that. Well, mm -hmm. then it's like your cortisol levels might be through the roof because you're not recovering because you're doing this high intense exercise so often. Mm -hmm. And you're essentially malnourishing your body, right? Yeah. So, or it might be like, oh, I didn't recognize that the healthy foods that I was eating were maybe really calorically dense ones. And my goal oh. is to lose body fat as well. Right. right. So that's like simply that might be my problem. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. So things like that chocolate, right? We want to pay attention to the amount, things like healthy fat sources, so imperative for mm -hmm. hormonal health, you know, your flax, your hemp hearts, things like avocado and avocado oils, things like olive oil. You absolutely want those nuts and seeds. You want those in your days, but you want to be really mindful of the amount, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was, um, so it's the new year getting into the new training regime, right? Christmas. Okay. And pretty, so for me, I always thought I like, I think that like, I feel like I under eat mm. and I've, I've been meaning to sit, you know, take five days and really track Mm -hmm. what exactly I'm eating. And I, am I getting enough, like in, you know, those five meals, I'm pretty good about, um, mentally calculating my proteins. Cause if I feel that I'm low, then I will have like a protein shake at night, mm -hmm. um, before bed, um, or, you know, greens, I do have greens that I can eat because some, you know, the winter it's, it's hard, mm -hmm. harder to have more leafy fibrous stuff. So, um, yeah, that was my concern for me. And, um, I don't feel ill, like in energy, like I always feel like I have good energy, but I'm like, I don't, I think I'm like disservicing my body a little bit mm -hmm. because the more I train, the more my metabolism kicks in mm -hmm. and I start eating. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know, when you're training like six hours, nine hours a week it's not for some people it's not it, it's a lot some people it's not that much but you know you have to start you know think about that the recovery and the the right fueling to give 
to get a really good workout. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Cause I, I just finished one before we spoke actually and not, no. And not that it was, it was a training session. Right. And, yeah. and I'm like, going right after this. Yeah. So, yeah. and, and it was with these ladies who are so fit and I just felt so out of my element and I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. <laughs> you know, it's like, and I haven't had my recovery drink yet. Right. But um, so it's, it's getting into a routine and understanding that those are so important, mm-hmm. right? How do you talk to your um, ladies about recovery? Do you, do you talk about recovery? I, I do. So really in the, in the way of, again, practicing those kind of foundations, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, what I suggest for hormonal health is if you're really training towards a goal and say, if you're active six days in one week, Mm -hmm. I encourage you then to take a minimum of two rest days, the following Mm -hmm. week, Mm -hmm. Um, to listen to your body, listen to energy, the harder and more you're training, the more you're going to need to recover, whether that be actively, whether that be with sleep, whether that be with things Mm -hmm. like massage and foam rolling and, you know, all of those sorts of things. And then yes, more fuel. Absolutely. So don't fear carbohydrates and make sure you're getting those healthy fats in you know, all of that kind of stuff. And of course it depends on your goals as well. Sometimes you need to think is body composition, your biggest goal, or is it performance? Right. And that can be really important as well, because that's a good one to think about. Yes. Because a lot of people are trying to achieve both, but yeah. yeah. (laughs) And it's not as though you can't make improvements. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you think about professional athletes at that time, they are not thinking about changing their body composition during the performance season, right? So I always say, I love to think about our goals in terms of seasons. And I encourage Mm. my clients to, you know, this time of year on the West coast here, we have snow right now, which is really bizarre for us. Oh, I thought I saw that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. We have actually had like significant amount of snow and ice and cold weather it's and we don't have you know the stuff to handle it so it's always fun when there's no salt trucks and hardly (laughs) any plows and all of that kind of stuff barely anybody has snow tires but with all of that you know it's like not getting outdoors as much not doing Mm. the hikes not you know walking as much outdoors and so I always use this as my strength focused Mm. season but when it's strength focus season, I am also eating more, right? Mm-hmm. To support that, to build that lean muscle so that when it transitions into those longer, beautiful days and I'm naturally outside more and that's what I love, then I can focus more on endurance, right? Uh, yeah. So make sure that your goals are in alignment. You know, sometimes we have competing goals and then you need to think about really what is the priority for you and how are you going to set up, you know, your training, your fuel, your recovery around that? Yeah, that's what, that's the uh, other question I was going to ask you, Leah, do you help them aside from nutrition, set up like a good, um, realistic training or, or calendar 
to have them like when are they working out when are they walking like do they hike like do you help them with that as well is that part of the whole I absolutely can um, mm-hmm. and often do so mm-hmm. a, a strong majority of my clients come from an amazing fitness community and with that it's it's very flexible, but it's kind of all laid out for them. It's three or four strength training sessions. There's Mm. biometrics in there, you know, and then they have some cardio guidelines, but again, it's, it's flexible. So what I do encourage people to do is to take that rest and recovery. Mm. If they're not on some sort of a plan, then we focus again on simply getting them into the habit of moving their body regularly. And then, you know, from there can absolutely provide a bit more guidance and, you know, where to look for what their goals are as well. That's, I kind of work backwards. Well, because I work with a lot of cyclists. I don't talk nutrition unless they ask and I offer, but I'm like, I ask them to put together their plan because you know, like everybody's got like all these little extra things. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, give me your, give me your plan as to what you want to do. And then I will revise it and, and then offer up suggestions. So it makes them think, cause you know, like when you, you put together a plan, you're like, okay, Thursday, this is what you're going to do Saturday. This mm-hmm. is what you're going to do. And you're going to do this, that. And then sometimes it falls like it's, it's hard to hold because it doesn't really mesh with sometimes their, their lifestyle. So I'm like, okay, you put it together, everything that you're going to do with these mm-hmm. three cycling workouts. And then let me, and give it to me. Cause I've had, I've done that a couple of times and, and, uh, I'm like, okay. Uh, so when are your recovery days? Cause I see it's like in four months. <laughs> it's just like (laughs) or like um I need to see two days on here where are you gonna put them Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so I kind of uh put it back on them and I I read that in a a coaching journal of an athlete who had a coach who did that Mm -hmm. you know that's great that was I thought that was pretty uh pretty uh um smart of him because it really made him schedule his stuff like schedule his workouts out but so now you've got lots of um clients do you work with um athletes as well you said you did yeah so I work with anybody who is really wanting to level up their their health their nutrition their lifestyle and Uh, Some of my clients are really amazing athletes that I absolutely look up to in in that way. And as you said, I love that language that everybody that is purposely, intentionally Mm -hmm. moving their body is an athlete, Mm -hmm. right? If, If everybody thought of themselves as that way, then again, there would be maybe a little bit more intention and a little bit more you know, a respect again, there for what they're doing and why they're doing it. I believe it's so important to have goals and kind of reverse engineer your, your plan backwards mm-hmm. from there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that is, that is absolutely a part of what I do. So let me ask you something now with the nutritional part, um, how often do you have them 
do you give out meal plans as well or do you kind of oh I love it yeah I'm no like, I, I don't believe I'm in like meal shaking plans my head like no, <laughs> like, no, uh, no I don't believe in meal plans no <laughs> yes, yeah strongly like can I jump through the screen and say that um yeah I'm like yeah. you know here's the magic pill while you're at it <laughs> So anybody that gives out meal plans for one should be a registered dietitian within mm -hmm. Canada. And I believe the US, it's the same. Um, but why I don't love meal plans is because when somebody doesn't follow it specifically, mm -hmm. they feel like they've failed. Yeah. And it really instills the old mentality of good food versus bad food right? We know that all foods can be consumed in moderation, right? It is how you eat them. It is how often, how much, but all foods can be consumed in moderation. And of course, depending on your goals, that is going to look different. But when mm -hmm. you come from that place of what is sustainable again, and what you can do consistently, I know not, not sexy, not exciting, but that is what makes the difference. Right. So meal plans can be adhered to for a short amount of time, but science shows that they do not mm -hmm. help inform great choices. They don't really help with things like portions. They really create a success or fail mentality mm. and they, they don't allow for preferences and freedom. And I, <laughs> you know, like, like, yeah. all of these I'm like, what is that food? And where do I get it? And how much is it going to cost? <laughs> exactly, right? So it's, I have clients that live in remote communities and, you know, their, their food gets flown in by an airplane every so often. Mm, okay. They have to stock up. Maybe they're eating wild game or something like that more often or have, you know, clients that live in a big city. What is available to them is going to be completely different. Mm. But again, personal preference is also really, really important. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's about being able to help guide people to make great choices that are in alignment with what they enjoy, what's available, yeah. maybe what is important to their culture as well. Right. And that's going to look different for, for everybody. So I am a strong no on meal plans. So I know I'm like no meal plans because I read like I was saying I remember being on some crazy because I used to figure compete yes and yeah. in bikini and some of the things that your co that coaches like tell you to eat are re like ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you something, Leo. There is one coach. He gave me, this is what I had to eat for breakfast for a month. I had to eat um, two tablespoons of peanut butter with five ounces of beef. Now that was just for breakfast. You don't even want to hear what the rest of the week, right. the day looked like. And it yeah. was like the same, but this is a diet. This was a true diet because it has, it had a very specific purpose mm -hmm. and that was to transform my body, mm -hmm. um, build, like I had to take in, I don't know, probably 180 grams of protein a day to build the lean muscle that I needed for it, like over four months, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was, it was like, 
anyways, but that was, that's an extreme, but if anybody's ever competed, that's what your diet looks like. It's crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah. I know a lot of, Glad I'm out of that. I've <laughs> competed. Um, some of my, you know, close friends have, and again, what people have learned is that it doesn't have to be that way, even with, oh, yeah. I mean, yes, yeah. it is restrictive and yes, you, but yeah, I, yeah, was, that was extreme. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you get with a coach like that, think again, <laughs> there's uh, lots of out there. You'd be like, what? Yeah, no, it doesn't have to be that way. But so I have a couple of questions, uh, question about, so somebody comes to you and they have a really poor relationship with food mm-hmm. and how do you coach them through that part before they can even, you know, get into the, you know, the, the self-love, the, you know, understanding food and, and having it really work for them. Mm-hmm. So I always say that, I, I mean, I understand a poor relationship with food mm-hmm. as somebody that used to have a poor relationship with, you know, my own body and with the way that I viewed food. Um, when my relationship with food was at its worst, there was a time that I remember having an apple and peanut butter and it wasn't snack time. And I broke down on the kitchen floor crying about it and realized that things had gotten a little bit out of control. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what I do is help people recognize that it's not about perfection, that there isn't that good food or bad food. And part of how we do that is by tracking because it can create that awareness. The fact that they're like, oh, this wasn't quote unquote as bad as I thought. Mm -hmm. And because I felt satisfied, I then simply moved on, right? So we try and work on things like that, like letting go Mm -hmm. of that guilt. And that really makes a big difference for people, that awareness, right? Mm -hmm. And everything from, you know, that with food to maybe holding their hand on their heart and looking at themselves in the mirror in the morning and saying, I love you, you know, and for some, I know that you're going to have listeners that were just like, Oh my gosh, that was too much lost me there. And, (laughs) And I get that. But when things like that have tons of science behind them, right. Which it does self affirmations that we can, that we can like, just a second. What is that? <laughs> it's my dogs. Yeah. The delivery, <laughs> delivery, men. the joys of working from home. Right. Yeah. Um, but when we have things like that, that we can implement into our days. And again, they have tons of science behind them that those are those little things that we can implement. They're, you know, easy to do, easy not to do type of things, but they make a significant difference when you start to stack your habits. So when you start to love and respect yourself and then make great choices Mm -hmm. and then move your body, it's that amazing ripple effect, right? And it has this snowball effect that you move your body, you feel good, you have those endorphins release, and then you want to nourish it more. And then you nourish Mm -hmm. it more, give it what it needs. And then, so it's, it's that amazing 
you know, effect that just keeps going. And it's not going to happen overnight. It's not as though there's going to, you know, be no stumbles or no hard days. But what I always say is reflect, have that awareness, right? Maybe why did you end up in the pantry, you know, eating the bag of chips (laughs) at 11 PM? Exactly. Like why? Okay. Why did that happen? What could have been done differently? Can you identify? Was there a stressful conversation that happened beforehand? Did you not eat for hours and you had a blood mm-hmm. sugar crash? And then just simply recognize that with that awareness, you can make a different choice going forward, right? So it's not about beating yourself up or anything like that. It's just, okay, that happened. Oh, this is maybe why that happened. And this is what I can do to prevent it in the future. So gathering data and then moving forward. That's great. I love that. And, you know, even as athletes, we have to start thinking about that too. Because, you know, we talked about before um, the under eating, the overeating, the lack of eating, um, thinking that it's okay. And I go through a lot of that with, with some of my athletes. I'm like, it's not okay. We need to fuel ourselves. And, and then afterwards, And uh, so I love that you have, and you've made your business around this. Now, where can people find you? And yeah, where can we people find you and work with you? Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm at Leah Christine Smith. I am committing in 2022 to (laughs) posting regularly and providing some good content. So Um, some educational content, some inspiration. So come follow me there. And then I have my website beyondmeasurednutrition.com. If people want to come find me there and send me an email, happy to answer any questions. Do you do some blogging as well? I'm just asking. I don't No, I don't. I will sometimes write lengthier posts that, you know, have some thoughts or some common (laughs) themes or things like that, but I don't blog specifically. No. Okay. I was just asking, cause usually people are like, are like, well, yeah, you're also on Facebook. Let's not forget that. Yes, so. I am on, on Facebook. Facebook. Yes. Cool. So where are you predominantly? Uh, I was equally on Facebook and Instagram, I would say. Perfect. Yeah. So there you have it, everyone. It's kind of the first quarter of the year. And this is also a great time to take stock of what you're doing. You've had like a month in your training plan. Now, how is your nutrition measuring up? Cause I know as athletes, we do a great job at doing all the stuff to get us to our goals. But if you don't have the nutrition in place, then you're going to fall short. Right, mm-hmm. Leah? Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's the huge piece when it comes to performance, recovery, body composition changes, nutrition is really what makes the difference. And she also mentioned nutrition deficiency, which Mm -hmm. is huge as well, because the more you train, the more you do need to fuel and think about those recoveries. And the more opportunity I think there is to become nutritionally deficient in your body as a woman specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then those hormonal imbalances, you know, start and all of those things as well from that yeah, so, yeah it's very yeah, so if you're questioning anything that you're doing leah is a great person to reach out to 
Um, and also thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you happen to know somebody or maybe you're concerned about something, you can just forward them this episode and um, they can get some great content there. So thank you so much, Leah, for this uh, great episode. Um, it's made me think about, like I said, getting and taking stock of what I'm doing to make sure I'm doing everything right with my training. And this is a great time to make any changes that need to happen yeah thank you for having me thanks a lot and thank you to our listeners and don't forget to take a moment to give us a great review and five stars thank you very much everybody have a great evening thank you so much for spending this time with me on the secrets from the saddle podcast learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review, if you feel so moved, by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment, telling me what you think, and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.